I encourage you to take your copy of God's Word now and turn to Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14. It is hard to believe that we are about to approach the month of September. I mean, this year has just simply flown by as we think of all the different activities, all the different things that we've been a part of. Wednesday night, I challenged our Bible study to think back toward the beginning of the year, January of 2016. We began a sermon series from the book of Psalms. You remember that? Good. I can preach that again in January. Most of you won't remember it, all right? Won't have to study anymore or do anything like that. So, But we talked about our relationship with God. You know, even if you back up to September or October of last year, our staff had come together and we had prayed about 2016 of what it would look like and what our prayer would be and what we would hope our people would do. And God put upon my heart and I think upon the heart of the staff this one word, this one theme for 2016, and that was multiply. That we would multiply specifically in our relationships. And as we began 2016 with that study of the Psalms, what we hoped and what we prayed is that God would multiply our relationship with Him. That in other words, we would grow. That we would have depth in our relationship with God above. And what a privilege it is. What a privilege it is to know that we can relate to the God of the universe in such an intimate way. And that's what we had hoped and we had prayed. Over the summer, we opened this series from the book of Romans. Back on Send Sunday. Seems like a while ago now. But we hoped that we would not only multiply upward, but we would multiply outward in our outreach as we reached people for Christ, as we were about to send our short-term mission teams, as we were about to send our college students, as we were about to enter into a different phase of ministry here in our church. We pray, and we continue to pray, that God would multiply our relationships in an outward direction. But I think over the last couple weeks, you have seen us begin to make a turn. I hope that you have. That somehow God would also multiply our relationships inwardly. Over the last couple, three weeks, you've probably seen a little more emphasis. Even here in the book of Romans, even before we move to the next series, you've seen an emphasis upon the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, some of you have called me afterwards and said, hey, is something going on that we don't know about? I mean, because you've been talking about some of these things. See, some of you, you thought there was something going on, right? You've been looking on Facebook, trying to figure it out. Nothing, thanks be to God, nothing that I know of is going on. But what we pray is that God would just multiply our relationships inwardly. God has given us brothers and sisters, and he has called us to strengthen those relationships. And that is my prayer. That is my goal. Too often... Instead of multiplying our relationships, you see individuals within the church that divide relationships. And that was not God's intention. God's intention was for the people of God to be united to enjoy a relationship that could only come through His blood. Could only come in such a miraculous way as God putting us together as His people. 
So I want you to hear that today, and I want you to see how God will continue. And, and hopefully, these two principles that I give you from this scripture can help us as we grow inwardly toward one another in our relationships. Notice what Paul says. Beginning of verse 13, he says, Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. I know and am convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Yet if your brother is grieved because of your food, you are no longer walking in love. Do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by them, approved by men. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for the man who eats with offense. It is good neither to eat meat nor drink wine nor do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. Do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself and what he approves, but he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith for whatever is not from faith is sin. Paul speaks to this church there in Rome. And he gives them, I think, two principles. First, I think what he says to them is just simply this. Don't make something out of nothing. Don't make something out of nothing. I can see you're not really impressed with that principle this morning. Maybe we should say it this way. Look at your spouse or your friend next to you and say, don't make something out of nothing. Now, see, all of a sudden it comes alive to you, doesn't it? I think that's what Paul is saying. And when you hear this passage, he is saying that for, we, for us in the church, we should not make something out of nothing. Notice back in verse 13 again. He uses the word, therefore. And we've already talked about that word, that if he uses it, and he uses it quite frequently in the book of Romans... It means that you need to go back and look at the passages that preceded this passage. What was Paul talking about? Well, Paul was addressing the church in Rome about some disagreements that they were having. Specifically, he cited those who were stronger in the faith and those who were, who were weaker in the faith. That reminds us, it should, that all of us are at different journeys in our spiritual walk. When we come together as the church of the Lord Jesus, we recognize that some of us, well, some of us have been Christians longer, and hopefully we have grown in our relationship to God. Some of us are still learning. Let me say this. None of us have arrived. Would you agree? None of us are where we should be. But some of us are on different places in this spiritual journey. There are some of us that can understand what God has said. And, we, and there are some of us that are still struggling with that. And what Paul mentions here is the stronger and the weaker, specifically as it relates to two different issues. 
their diet, and their days. When you go back and look at those verses that precede verse 13, you will see that they are arguing over their diet and over the days which they recognize. So let's try to put this in, in, in our vernacular today. Try to bring it down to where we are today, okay? What are they arguing about? Well, basically, the, the church at Rome, they're trying to understand if they can eat this meat that has been offered to idols. I think that's really what he's speaking about. He, Paul also talks to the Corinthian church about this. And Paul is in Corinth when he's writing the book of Romans. So I think it's on his mind. It's a big deal. You think to yourself, well, that's not really applicable to us today. We don't have really temples around or idols around so much. What do you mean when you say that Paul is trying to deal with this issue of diet and food? Well, it looks something like this. Basically, they would take in the, this meat to be offered to idols. And, and perhaps some of it that they would, they would cut off, they would use for other things. The, the early temples were almost like restaurants. They could sit down and have a communion type of meal together, a fellowship type of meal. It was like, like a restaurant. Sometimes they would take the meat out and they would sell it into the marketplace. Sometimes they would. But sometimes they would just have it right there in the temple. Right down there at the house of Jupiter. They would eat together. Now, a couple years ago, I shared with you one of my favorite places to eat. Some of you probably remember, some of you probably don't. But it reminds me of one of my favorite places to eat, Texas Day Brazil. Now, some of you have not eaten there before, I can tell, because you would have amen. <laughs> There's not really a place up here like it. I, I haven't found one in Shreveport. I've been looking for it. I don't see one in Monroe. I think there is one in Dallas. Obviously, there was one in Baton Rouge that I used to eat at quite frequently. It was a great place. It was, I mean, it was a place you walk into. And by the way, if you walk into it, you better have a half price off or something like that. But um, you walk in there and they begin just taking care of it. And you'll see meat like going around to every table. I mean, just all kinds of meat on these skewers. They'll come to your table and they will cut the meat off. And uh, they even give you a little, one of these little coaster-like things. And if you turn it on green, that means go, baby, go. You eat and you eat and you eat. You can turn it on red if you want to stop or if you can't eat anymore or if you're almost getting, you can go ahead and turn it on red. But most of the time you just keep it green and they just keep coming, keep coming. Now you're identifying with me, right? I mean, all kind of meat, steak and pork and, uh, and chicken, if you want to go that way. All kinds of meat coming to you. It is tremendous. I think of that when I think of that early temple or those temples there in Rome. I mean, here they are. They take some meat in and they're sacrificing, but some of it they're going to use and, and they're going to eat together in this fellowship meal. It's kind of like an early restaurant. Here they are. So this is the issue. This is the issue for the Romans. Should we eat the meat or not? Because that meat technically has been dedicated to an idol. So if it's been dedicated to an idol and we eat it, does that not defile us? Now, Paul fleshes this out here in this passage. For Paul, he understands that meat is meat. There's not just necessarily... There, there's not more spiritual meat than other meat. 
Now, some of us might take issue with that with him, but, but he basically says meat is meat. It doesn't have a morally good or morally bad disposition. It's just meat. After all, there are really no idols. That's what Paul would say. Those idols, they're not real. So if they're not real, they weren't really dedicated. So for Paul, he's kind of like, we can eat meat. For the weaker brother or sister, he believed or she believed that you should abstain from that type of meat. Actually, back in verse 2, it suggests one of the most reprehensible things I could ever imagine. It says that they only eat vegetables. Now, I like vegetables. I like vegetables. But when I came up in my house, there had to be a meat for the meal. Yeah, see, you're getting warmer on this idea now. It's warm. It had to be a meat. It said, but these who are weak, they said, you know what? Just so that we don't mess up, so that we don't accidentally buy something in the marketplace that was already offered to an idol. All we're going to do, we're going to eat our veggies and that's it. That's what we're going to do. And all of a sudden, now listen, all of a sudden, this issue had divided the church in Rome. And not just divided the church in Rome, but as I suggested to you earlier, if you look at the Corinthian church, they were struggling with the same thing. They were trying to figure out how do we, how do we eat meat in an appropriate way? And again, I think what Paul says... Don't make something out of nothing. Don't sweat the small stuff. Don't get all upset about those kinds of things. But again, you can imagine how this played out. Here, one of the believers, new believers perhaps, maybe it was a believer that had been in the church a little while. There he and his wife go down. They're not worshiping anything. They're just sitting there. Maybe they're around the house of Jupiter. And they've decided that they'll eat meat. And all of a sudden, their brother or sister that's a, that's a member there at the church at Rome, at First Baptist Church, no, Temple Baptist Church at Rome, they walk by and they see. And all of a sudden, there's all these issues that have been created. Put it like this. I like to personalize it. Let's say here you are. You're walking down the street of Rome. And you look over to the house of Jupiter. Because you always just like to take note who's there. Right? And you see somebody like Jody Adams there. At first, you're not surprised. But then you think to yourself, Hmm, what is he doing eating meat that's been offered? idols. Why will he be there? And then you look because you think if Jody's there, Bill Cox has to be there as well. Because, and, and you see him, you go home, you begin thinking about it, you feel like you need to make some statements. Now in today's world, you know what we would do? We would tweet about it. Or Facebook about it. Deacon seen at the house of Jupiter. Hashtag Adam's family sins. <laughs> I mean, we would, we would just, we would put it, 
We, we would, you know what we would start? We would start a debate. We might not even call Jody's name, but we would start a debate on Facebook. We would say, do you believe that a deacon should be at the house of Jupiter? Do you believe he should be eating meat that has been offered to idols? And then all of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. You would have people take one position. You would have people take another position. Unfortunately, we would say things on Facebook. We would do things in social media we would never say to somebody's face. But we'd start such things. May I say this to you? Don't sweat the small stuff. Don't make something out of nothing. For Paul, he says, it's nothing. It is meat. He said, you eat it with conviction if that's what you... He says, don't judge one another. He says, don't condemn one another. That's what he says in verse 13. Do not condemn. Now, it doesn't mean that there aren't certain things that are right or wrong. You've heard me long enough preach. I believe that the biblical revelation says this is right and this is wrong. I believe the scripture speaks to so many issues. But when it comes to eating the meat, that is not morally good. It is not morally bad. It is just morally neutral. It does not matter. That's what Paul says. There are enough big issues to call for our attention these days than to, than to focus on the small issues. I don't know if you've noticed the things that are happening in our culture and in our church. There are some big things. And the church of the Lord Jesus Christ needs to put away the small things, focus on the big things, because Satan and his army is coming against us each and every day. We don't need to make something out of nothing. We need not to condemn one another if there's something that's going on. We're at different places in our spiritual journey. Back earlier, he actually addressed the strong and the weak. See, it is, it is very tempting for the strong to come and say, <clears throat> you know, it's just meat. You know, it doesn't really matter. It's very tempting for the strong to overwhelm the weak. But if you look earlier in this chapter, Paul's speaking to both the strong and the weak. He says it doesn't matter who you are, don't be condemning one another. Even though you think you're strong, don't allow that spiritual pride to so overwhelm you that you forget that you forget the love for your brother and sister in Christ. Again, don't make something out of nothing. Do you know how much more unified our churches would be across our nation if we could just learn that one principle? That if we just focused on the bigger things, if we just focused on the things that the Scriptures spoke about, listen, friends, if your church is going against something, Maybe you're visiting here with us today or maybe you're watching on television. Your church is going against something that the Bible has explicitly stated. I would say to you, get out of that church. Find you a Bible-believing church. But if it's just something about a small thing that's going on, whether or not you like this or like that, 
Don't sweat the small stuff. I get questions all the time from different individuals. And my sister called me some months ago and something was going on in their church and they were about to change something up. And she's kind of like me. I don't like change a whole lot. Did I just admit that? Well, you knew I was Baptist, okay? And she didn't like it and all. And, and I'll be honest, I probably wouldn't have liked it either. But I, I came back to her and I said, you know, it's not something I'd really prefer. But where does the scripture address that? Where does the Bible say this is what it should? She's like, I, I don't know anything. They didn't necessarily do that back then. And this, I said, you know what? If the scripture doesn't say you shouldn't or you should, it just don't worry about it. There are too many other things that we got to face as a church than to worry about these kinds of things. Now, let me give you a second principle very quickly. First principle is don't make something out of nothing. But the second principle, make everything about him and them. Just think about this moment. Make everything that you do about him and them. Now, certainly what we do, we want to do out of our own personal conviction. We want to make sure that we are pleasing him with our lives. I mean, early on, again, in the verses I didn't read, but earlier where he talks about in verse 6 about observing a day, of doing these different things. like He says, he says, you do it out of conviction if that's what you believe. You, you do that. You do it, though, unto the Lord. Look at verse 8. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. In other words, whatever we do, we do to Him, to glorify Him. Oh, yeah, they were arguing over those days. Should we celebrate a certain holiday? We've had holidays for a long time. Should we celebrate a certain holiday? Should we have this here or that? I remember in one of my churches, there was a family that lived just up the road from me. And uh, they were just a faithful group of individuals. I, I really loved them to death. I ended up getting to know them. They were not members of my church, but they were members of the community. I ended up helping with the funeral services. Lovely people. But one of the things that they held, and they held it very strongly was you don't celebrate Christmas Day. And when I first moved there, I heard about this. I mean, they were like, you don't mention Christmas around them, okay? I'm like, okay. And, you know, I just sat and I listened because they were, I mean, you did not exchange presents. You did not do, no, you didn't do anything like that because they believed that it came out of a pagan festival in Rome that the date was. And really, if you look back, the dating was around the pagan festival time. So they were like, we're not going to celebrate something that started as a pagan festival. One day uh, in January, the first Sunday in January, I found out that the matriarch of the church was coming, or the matriarch of the family was coming to our church. I was scared to death. <laughs> At the church I served, we went overboard on Christmas decorations. You know what? I mean, it was, you, you came in and over the choir loft, there were decorations. 
I mean, there were wreaths all around the sanctuary. We had the biggest tree you could ever imagine. It would even today, it, it was huge. And I heard she was coming. That was the first Sunday in January. I didn't know if it was down or not. I called one of my deacons. Please tell me that stuff is down. I don't want to have a theology course when we get out of here today or whatever else. And, but she was so, they were so committed to that. And, and, and I, respect, I respected their, I, I, I don't think it's a big deal. I, I'm going to be honest. I am thankful that we, as the people of Christ, can take things that were meant to be used one way and redeem them for the work of Christ and to celebrate what we truly should celebrate. So, but they were so caught up in, in, in that. But if you do something, he, you ought to do it, whatever it is, for the Lord. And, and this is the big deal, I think, in the church. You do it for the Lord. I said, make everything about Him and them. So make it about the Lord. You do it for the Lord's sake. But notice in verse 13, resolve this. Not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. So in other words, we don't, we don't pur purposely put something out there that we know will cause another brother or sister to fall. We don't, we don't want to do that. Why? Because it's not about me, it's about them. Oh, if we could learn this in the church's life, that everything that happens, whether it's a program or a day or, or even the worship service, it is not about me. We are raising a generation of individuals. We have become, let me just say this, we have become generations of people where it's all about us. We see it throughout our culture, and it is affecting our churches. But yet, Paul says, it's not about our own personal rights. It is about our brothers and sisters in Christ and their journey and their growth. Notice he says, if your brothers grieve because of your food, you're no longer walking in love. Do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. Now, it seems ridiculous to us, right, that over a certain issue that people could be destroyed. Literally, what this means is like torn down. It's like tearing down a house. I think it, it complements the idea of building one another up. Look in verse 19 where it says, by which one may edify another. Verse 20, do not destroy the work. So in verse 19, he says, you ought to build one another up. In verse 20, he says, don't tear each other down. So whatever you do, whatever you do, you want to help your brother and sister in Christ grow. If there's something in my life, I, I may believe, listen, I believe fully that God has intended and said it is okay for me to eat a 15-ounce steak. A good one. Great cut. It's been marinated just the right... Anyway, but I think it's fine. I think it's fine. But if I'm going out with somebody and, you know what, it's going to 
offend them. It's going to be a stumbling block. They're going to have questions. Then I can just say, I'm not going to eat that tonight. Why? Because God has not called us to insist upon our rights. He has called us to live responsibly before his people. God's not called us just to sit around and insist upon, well, we have a right to do that. We have a right to do this. And I'm free to do this. Praise God. Well, yes, you're free. That's great. But God has given you freedom, and he's also given you responsibility. And what he wants you to do and what he wants me to do is to live so responsibly that our brothers and sisters in Christ will grow. And if there's something that you will do or I will do or there's something that you say or I will say that somehow will cause them to stumble in their growth, then we need to make sure that we clean up those actions, clean up those words, and do what would help them so that they can be built up in the love and the work of Christ Jesus. Because those individuals, your brother and sister, verse 15, it says, that's the one, those are the ones whom Christ died for. Christ loved them so much he gave his life. If Christ was willing to give up himself, friends, we should be willing to give up practices. We should be willing to give up behaviors. We should be able to give up speech that would cause our brothers and sisters to stumble. He says, verse 21, It is good neither to eat meat, nor drink wine, nor do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. Because it's about them. Live a life that is focused on pleasing Christ. Make everything about him but also make your decisions, everything that you do, also about your brother and sister in Christ. How can I help? How can I make a difference? How can I see the church of the Lord Jesus Christ? How can I see it move forward? And my brothers and sisters grow accordingly. I think they're simple principles. I really do. Don't make something out of nothing. Make everything about him and them. Simple principles. But I believe they're significant principles. And if we were to import those into our lives and our existence as a church, as a people, and so many of you already do, thank God for that. But if we were to continue to do that, and we were to see that mentality spread, what a radical difference there would be in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you today that you have given me my brothers and sisters here in this temple family. And God, we recognize that all of us are still on a journey. Nobody in this place has attained perfection yet. We recognize that all of us are in different places in this journey. And Father, we recognize every day how dependent we are upon you. 
for that growth, for that multiplication, not only in our relationship with you, but our relationship with our fellow believers. God, I pray you'd speak to us right now as a church, as a people. Lord, I pray that we would commit here this morning, in this place, during this time of invitation and reflection, I pray we would commit to, Lord, majoring on the majors, minoring on the minor. I pray you'd keep us focused. I pray you'd keep us about one purpose so that we could see your kingdom move forth. Father, I pray that today we would commit to making a difference. Lord, even abstaining from things that would cause others to stumble. Lord, today I pray that you would focus us more on you and more upon our brothers and sisters than we focus upon ourselves. And Lord, we'll give you the glory. We'll give you the honor when we leave here. And Father, we pray that you unite us daily. In Jesus' name, amen.